0: Welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. This is sports editor Greg Kine, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. Austin, we're back for week number 22 of the podcast.
1: I can't believe it. Honestly, <laughs> we, uh, you know, 22 weeks ago, if you had told me we would be here still, uh, I would take that. I'll take that as a victory, you know. So, Sheila hasn't gotten rid of us yet, no. and hasn't replaced us she with a new sports team, so...
0: Hasn't fallen asleep yet during one of our podcasts. She's nope. yawned a few times, yeah. but hasn't fallen asleep.
1: I mean, it, it's, it happens. It happens. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty eventful week uh, nationally, and some local stuff has happened too. And yes. uh, should be a fun little chat about <laughs> a lot of things going on in the country uh, this this past week. So, yeah. Uh, but the biggest news, I think, that came overnight, kind of last night, is the Major League Baseball plan kind of maybe to return that's going to probably be passed maybe who knows yeah at this (laughs) point who knows because (laughs) yeah
0: the the last proposal before this i just read was voted down by the players association 32 to 5
1: yeah well so this same proposal now the owners voted to implement it monday night and then the players rejected it but the owners could still force it, like Commissioner Rob Manfred could still basically kind of like force the schedule onto the players, basically. And the players have to agree to a couple different health and safety protocols as it relates to COVID-19 testing and return to play and things like that. But if they agree to that, then there will be a 60-game season starting with uh, training camps or spring training spring air quotes yeah. training
0: spring spring training in July yeah
1: July 1st uh, and games tentatively starting July 24th uh, in with you know played in, in empty ballparks 60 game season that there might be a universal DH for this season no no pitchers will hit in the National League for the first time ever maybe I, I have to fact-check that um, but yeah Yeah, it's the only time they've
0: ever used the national leagues have ever used the DH to my knowledge is in when they had it in the All Star games or the World Series, right?
1: Right, obviously, the rules apply at different ballparks when you could, you know, cross over like that. But, uh, yeah, so maybe, probably, barring something unforeseen, we probably will have a Major League Baseball season, which for the longest time I didn't think was going to happen. No, and it probably. You know, the players won't be happy, but they want to play. You know, a lot of them have tweeted out in the last couple of weeks, just tell us when and where. And uh, that's, well, they're being told when and where. So, July 1st, show up in your home park for three weeks of spring training, and, you
0: know, we'll go from there. In so, a way, I could kind of relate to them because, I mean, I was getting pretty anxious to get back to work here when we were on our <laughs> shutdown. We were working from home. Yeah, We were still working, but, you know. It, it was nice to be able to get back into the office and right. get back in more of a swing of things. Even and,
1: even then, that first couple of weeks when we were doing a split schedule type deal, where you know we were in sometimes, out sometimes, but now right. we're all in, some, so that's good. But yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people have criticized the Major League Baseball in the last couple of months, and rightfully so. Um, they have probably handled this as poorly as possible, both the owners and the players, um, taking it just you know they. I don't know. I just didn't. Uh, I was. You wonder how much it's going to affect the fan interest yes. once it comes back, especially because it's going to be coming back right up against the NBA season coming back, the NHL season coming back, uh, football trying to get back. You know, training camps and things like that. And you know, if MLB's plan works the way they say it's going to work, as of today, the games will start about a week before the MLB and NHL. Resume their postseason tournaments. In the NBA. Right, NBA, yeah, NBA, NHL, resume their postseason. So. Yeah. And who I knows? think that's, I don't, I,
0: that may be a big hurt on baseball attendance. I mean, mm. as, fan, as far as fans watching on TV, because, I mean, what are you going to watch? A regular season baseball game right. or an NBA or NHL playoff game?
1: Right, I agree. It's like you're going to watch the latter, you're going to watch the playoff game. Yeah. So. It does set up interesting, though, uh, if we get to October, and let us I think the NHL season would still be going on, and the NBA. Well, so, they, in theory... They're playing your squad forever. Well, so. that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I believe if you get to, like, by October 1st, we could have the MLB playoffs, the NBA finals, and the Stanley Cup finals all going on at the same time, and the NFL and college football in the middle of their seasons if they are playing, too. Like, October is going to be – October is already a great sports month, in my opinion, with the baseball playoffs and and college football in the NFL. And and usually that's when basketball and hockey are getting back started. They're usually starting up. Right, and that gets you excited for those seasons. But this season, this year, if everything goes to plan, you're going to knock on wood, right? And, uh, yeah, I would knock on the wood, but it would mess with the audio of the podcast, and Sheila does not Mm -hmm. want to mess with that. And
0: Sheila would break your knuckles, too. She would break my
1: knuckles, Yes but proverbial knock on wood uh october could be an incredible sports month i know and the kentucky derby is going to be in october this year too so it's it could be really interesting could be a really we, fun when they have to add the 32nd 30
0: third day to month of
1: October to get
0: everything I, in this. We year. might,
1: we might. I know we had the extra day in February. Can we just move that day to October instead? Can we just retroactively no. change the calendar? We had the extra day in February and in a, a month of March, it seems like it was about six weeks long <laughs>
0: this year.
1: Six weeks? Really? I thought it was six years. Well, so. <laughs> whatever. <but. laughs> yeah. So hopefully, hopefully MLB has figured their Figured it out, and uh, we can maybe get, get a baseball yeah. season, and it it would set up for a really fun couple of months of sports there. July, August, September, October—really, could be a lot of fun with Chilla, everything going on.
0: Chill, this is just an advance warning on the news side. We're probably going to
1: need about twenty pages of sports a day in the, in the <laughs> month of October. Yeah, we're special sections for sports every yeah. day, just with everything going on. Not even including any local content, we would be having to go on. You know, yeah, because
0: so, you know locally, you're going to have the High school boys and girls soccer playoffs going. Hopefully. Volleyball will kick off then at that
1: time. Right. If high school sports schedule stays the same, right? Usually that right. last weekend in September, first week in October is sectionals for soccer and volleyball. Cross country. And cross will be country starting and football will still be in the middle of their season. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously it's all tentative because who knows what the, what the world, but, you know, man. Right. Man, I we won't be able to sleep, I think, Greg. I'm just going to have to inject a lot of coffee and five-hour energies into my bloodline and bloodstream and just go, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Well, that's – You
0: know, kind of along those lines, you, you don't know what's going to happen because I just saw a story on the AP wire right. that two NCAA Division three programs canceled their fall sports season already. Yeah. It was – I don't know if it's Bowden. Bowdoin college in maine and the umass boston are the two schools
1: yeah i was kind of surprised you know especially because it is still kind of early you know it's only it is late June now i guess but yeah but still you're right you're a ways away from your fall season right so uh you know i, I understand schools wanting you know if, if the school thinks it's necessary to do that then fine and like We were talking about this before we started, but, you know, UMass Boston, like Boston's a big town, obviously, brings in a lot of people. So maybe, you know, hosting athletes and sporting events in the city of Boston might not be as smart. You know, you can maybe get away with it in other towns. I mean, granted, almost every college town is, you know, pretty robust and brings in people from outside, like South Bend is still going to bring in people from out of, you know out of the state to Notre Dame games if right, well yeah Notre so it's gonna be hard to monitor that but South
0: Bend over the years has went from an industrial city to a college town
1: yeah so it will be interesting uh, I, I I don't know I wonder how many of the d1 schools are going to you know I, there's a lot more money in d1 sports obviously than d3 sports well right, yes. maybe that place of maybe most of the sports they put on lose money at those schools anyway so well, yeah. That
0: at Bowden College I saw has 31 varsity sports. Is that a lot? That is
1: a lot. Most most major schools have like 20, 25 max, like yeah. I don't know how many they got like a lot of rowing and like <laughs> I don't even know what they would have. That's a lot of sports. Yeah,
0: that's I'm I didn't have time to look up because we, we uh, Sheila forced us to do the podcast early today, so I yeah. didn't have time to look it up. But I know that was one of the things I want to do is check and see what kind
1: of sports they do have. Yeah, I mean, are there even thirty-one sports in the world? Like, are they, are they doing like Taekwondo as a varsity I, I college no sport? Idea. I have no idea. You know, I wish we had twenty extra minutes to look you know, this up. But you know,
0: we had the example the other week that we talked about. I talked about the uh, Alexander Swank, the Fairfield grad, who's. Mm-hmm. You know, her tennis career ended down at Earlham College because due to due to the COVID virus and budget cutbacks and everything, they're
1: canceling their women, men's and women's tennis programs and right. their men's and women's golf programs. Right. You see a lot of canceling of programs, but you haven't really seen many programs come out or schools come out and say, we're not doing any fall sports, period. Right. So these these than are the these, first two these, that these I've seen. These are the seen, first two, yeah. So, at least at that level. Uh, so, that's interesting, I think, that uh, they're doing that. And I wonder... Again, it's probably obviously it's all financially driven. I'm assuming just because, you know, I'm assuming the school doesn't want to take away that op, op you know, yeah. the sports from their students. But if they're not making any money off them to begin with, like not much money off it, like why, you know, continue it? I guess. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, at the D1 level, I don't think you're gonna really see that unless there's this major spike in the cases in the next month or so. You're not gonna really see that. Uh, happen where like all of sports gets canceled. Right. I hope that it doesn't. We're a lot of knocking on wood during this podcast. It's going to be like, you know, let's hope that nothing happens to where we can play sports. And, right. you know, speaking of, um, test numbers and things like that, uh, Notre Dame football just released an information about the COVID-19 testing. It did for its players, staff, uh, you know, everyone else, coaches, And they tested 141 people total, and only one test came back positive. One one football player, he's asymptomatic, he's in self-isolation right now, and four other players through contact tracing have been put into isolation as well. So, you know, you've seen schools like Clemson, who had 23 football players test positive, where you see this with Notre Dame and only one, that's a huge win for Notre Dame, at least right off the start. Like, they can pretty much do their... Volunteer, they can start doing their workouts pretty much with you know minimal restrictions, you know as possible, which is right. which is a, a blessing, you know. That
0: so. that is pretty remarkable. Out of 141 people that tested, only one came back right. positive. I mean, right,
1: and Notre Dame, you know, all major schools do this now, but like Notre Dame brings in a lot of people from all across the country and the world. I mean, they had players coming from California to Germany. You know what I mean, coming into camp and getting ready for the season so the fact that they brought all these people in from all the different parts of the country and only one tested positive that's that's almost a miracle honestly like especially with how you've seen like I said Clemson and Alabama had like five or six players test positive so um, whatever's in the water in South Bend must be working so I don't know uh, what's going on there maybe they just prayed extra you know being a Catholic school I have no idea but they, uh, they got out of it pretty unscathed, so hopefully yeah. that number stays at one or it goes down to zero. Like Hopefully that you know, doesn't go up. But Yeah, you
0: know, and that's going to be another interesting aspect of the college football season, if there is one. What are some of these schools going to do about tickets? Right. I mean, I saw the other day that I think it was Iowa is limiting, is put their ticket sales on hold for the coming season until they find out what the attendance requirements are going to be. Right. Whether they can sell 20% of the stadium or
1: 50%. Mm -hmm. Well, last month, um, Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick kind of talked about that a little bit with media. It was his only uh, media he's had really since since this thing started. And he kind of mentioned that too about like we don't really know yet. Like they were still selling their season tickets, and that had ended in like mid-May. You could buy season tickets, and maybe it's only season ticket holders can come into the game. Uh, They they tried to keep their season tickets, I think, at like 30% of their overall tickets sold because they like, you know, people want to come to Notre Dame, you know, to see a game at Notre Dame Stadium, which is, you know, it's one of the more iconic venues. Oh, yeah. So they try to keep as many of the general admission seats open as possible so that way people can buy single-game tickets to come, you know, for their once-in-a-lifetime bucket list item. So... Uh, you know, if they have to cap it at just their season ticket holders can go to the game, that's 30% capacity, I think, 35 maybe. I forgot what his exact number he said was, but it would be, you know, obviously le- less than half, which as of right now in the state of Indiana, you could you can have half capacity at outdoor events, at least they did it at New Parish Speedway uh, the last two weekends. So, there you go. I mean, in theory, Notre Dame Stadium holds 78,000, so you could put 30 or thirty eight thousand or whatever so math. You know, math's hard. Thirty nine. 39, Thirty-nine would be the math is hard. I've never claimed to be a mathematician. Okay. <laughs> um so thirty nine thousand right now, tentatively is the number you could do, I guess. But right. I mean I I doubt that there'll be more than twenty five thousand fans in the stadium come September twelfth when they kick off their home season against right. Western Michigan. Because
0: that's the other factor is yeah, you know, even if they can go, how many people are going to be willing to go back out and get right. into a crowd that size, right. where you don't know the person that's sitting next to you? Right. They would have to within six feet of you. Even. Right. They mean, would
1: probably have to require face masks. I would assume they're going to require face masks to go to these games, so that you know, to ensure safety, and that might help people with their willingness to go to a game. Yeah. Obviously, um, but who knows? I mean. We kind of saw it this past weekend at Talladega in a NASCAR race. They started letting fans in for the first time. They I actually they had, had, what, 5,000? They 5, yesterday When they
0: finally got the race to run?
1: Yeah, on Monday they had 5,000 fans. And, you know, that that place seats 80,000-plus, I read. So, I mean, obviously they might have had a bigger crowd on Sunday when the race was supposed to happen. And, yeah. obviously, when it gets delayed, people have to go back home and go to work, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, but... I don't, you know, I don't know if they were requiring people to wear masks or not for the fans at Talladega, uh, but they had 5,000 in the seats. So, and, you know, again, 80,000 seat stadium or arena for Talladega, that's roughly what Notre Dame seats anyway. Right. So that might be the baseline there for trying to determine how many fans could be at a game. And, you know, things will change again in six weeks or two months when the season starts. They so, may change tomorrow. They're gonna, they change. <laughs> they change almost every day. It feels like they so, may be
0: changing right now as we're recording this podcast. Yeah. So who, who knows? Times change so quickly. You know,
1: I know. So, uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's a situation where we're just you just have to monitor it, and you know, who knows? Like how many tickets they'll be able to sell? Right. It's going to be interesting to see that. You know. So, um, and, and I, I mentioned NASCAR. I want to. We kind of probably should talk about oh, the race. Yeah. I mean,
0: this this has got to be one of the most incredible. I mean, NAS- NASCAR went from the lowest of lows on Saturday mm-hmm. to maybe the highest of highs yesterday. Yeah, with the uh, with ob- the news no- incident with mm-hmm. the only African American driver on the on the circuit, uh, Bubba mm-hmm. Wallace. Mm-hmm. And I found out, I didn't know this until I just read, read it. He never even saw the news. Yeah, one of his crew members found it in the area in their in their garage. Mm-hmm. gave it to a NASCAR security, and then took they took it to the NASCAR president. Wallace didn't even know about it until the NASCAR president called him on Sunday to inform, you know, tell him about it, tell him he was
1: sorry that this happened. Wow. I didn't know that either. That's crazy. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of, it's a terrible act, and it, oh. it, you wonder how it even happened, right? Yeah. Because... They're restricting a lot of people, you know, there's only a certain amount of people that could be in the garage area right now at these NASCAR races for health reasons. And, you know, if it came from someone on that approved list, you know, of the crew members or drivers or whatever, that is just horrendous, you know? It's just so sad, you know? If this is like some, some schmuck running in from somewhere to drop it in, you know, I hope there's security camera footage. I, I would assume there has to be security cameras in that you would garage think, but that could look at that and see yeah. what happened. Uh, but yeah, you know, watching that, reading about that Sunday afternoon, and it was like, ugh, really? It was just like a really like, you know, we can't like move. I don't know. It just, uh, it just makes me so angry. Yeah, the whole makes thing so was angry.
0: reprehensible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, what do we? It's 2020, people. I mean, come on, like are we really, do we really still have people thinking that backwards of, yeah. in, you know, it just, it makes you so angry. And, uh, but then on Monday when they actually raced right before the race, man, that was, that has to be one of the high points in NASCAR <laughs> history.
0: I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if
1: you didn't feel some sort of patriotism, you know, something in your blood, when you see the guys walk bubble Wallace's car to the front and him take a picture with everybody and, Bubba's crying, he has to take off the mask because he's crying, you know, and Richard Petty is there to give him a hug, and I mean, man, that was...
0: And Richard Richard Petty's 82 years old, Mm -hmm. and he flew in Monday morning to come to that race just because he said the most important thing for him right now is to give my driver a hug.
1: Right, and he's obviously been staying away from the track because of his old age, and you know spreading of the virus you know he's in that age group range where you know if it hits him he could be severely you know affected by it so but even he knew the severity of the situation and uh you know to see to see the sport rally like that you know and uh maybe kind of try to overcome the stereotypes of the sport of a being you know a redneck you know type sport and uh yeah that was really powerful i mean you, you if you didn't feel something watching that yeah you don't have a pulse like so it was a pretty powerful moment it was so
0: and so was the fact too after the race when wallace went over to talk to some of the fans mm-hmm. I and mean, he actually took his mask off over, when he was over there he was high with the fans shaking hands with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the, I didn't write down the complete quote, but one of the things he said is he took his mask off to show the person that did this said, you can't take the smile off my face.
1: Right? Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. And, You know, technically, he's probably breaking some COVID regulations, high-fiving, you know, strangers. But I don't think anyone cared at that point, you know. I'm sure no one's going to be like, hey, Bubba, make sure, like, elbow, you know, next time. Or fist fist bump. Like, no. (laughs) So, and you could, like, for me, seeing the emotions on Bubba Wallace's face and uh, before the race, after the race, it was truly incredible. And he almost, I mean, with 28 laps to go, he took the lead. And uh, it looked like he might hold on and win the race. And yeah. He was in the top five pretty much to the end, and then he ran out of gas, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, he still finished 14th, so it was still a good showing. Uh, the the final two laps of the race were incredible. Were incredible. I yeah. mean, that's what you want to see in racing all the time. It's pretty pretty uh, in, incredible stuff. But yeah, yeah, the, the the stuff with Bubba Wallace, you know, was definitely the bigger news. And the
0: other thing to show how fans and people can rally around somebody like this: his website crashed on Sunday because there was so much traffic for people trying to buy memorabilia of his.
1: That's awesome, you know. Yeah. And then there was a lot of crashing on Monday at the tracks. So well, yeah, he, there always is he, a Talladega. He didn't crash luckily at the at the at the race, but Yeah. Yeah. So pretty powerful stuff from the weekend uh yeah. in in NASCAR. Uh, it gives you hope, you know. It gives you hope that maybe as a society we are, you know, hopefully getting past well, we can overcome some of these problems yeah. yes so well greg and we had some local
0: stuff go on i was gonna say along the lines here this mm-hmm. is a tie-in to one of my stories that i'm working on for this week i did the interviews yesterday i talked to a 15 year old young lady named Paige hannah mm-hmm. the the uh, daughter of charlie hannah who was our Goshen news <laughs> greatest athlete award winner in our contest this
1: He'd, Spring he'd, when we held he when
0: we didn't have an NCAA tournament <laughs> contest to run. Yep. And she's also the daughter of another race, racing legend in the area, Doug, granddaughter of Doug Hanna,
1: mm-hmm. another
0: racing legend. She's 15 years old and has started her second season racing at the South Bend Motor Speedway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah. my my favorite line I've heard said in the office today was you were talking to someone about that, and you were like, she can drive at the speedway but she can't drive to the speedway. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I mean she can
0: get out on the speedway and cuz I asked Charlie I said what kind of speeds do they hit in those cars cuz she's driving in the Hornet class right now mm-hmm. which is the lowest craze it's basically the starter class. Yeah. He said they're hitting 60 to 75 miles 60 to 65 to 70 miles an hour on the speedway. It's crazy. And think here she could do that, but she's, legally she's not able to drive on the roads on in the, Indiana.
1: Uh, you know, there might be we need to maybe look into that, you know. I don't know what what the legality is like you know, but that is crazy. I mean that's crazy. Like I when I was fourteen I did not want to drive anything. I mean I did, you know, want to eventually, but like yeah. when I was I couldn't imagine doing race car driving when I was fourteen. You know, even if it is only a quarter mile speedway, you know, yeah. and you're going still going seventy miles an hour, that's fast, man. For fourteen I first time I went over 25 Definitely. in the car I was like te- petrified. My parents were too. So <laughs> for other reasons of course, but yeah.
0: And I, I asked her what, you know, uh, how she, you know, kind of got started in the race racing and of course she told me it's from her dad and her grandfather. She said I remember going to the garage with my grandfather when I was a little kid. And I'd sit there and watch him work on the cars and she said, I chewed on the dirty old wrenches that he worked
1: with. <laughs> well, <laughs> talk about uh, building some character there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it
0: sounds to me like from what, when I was talking to Charlie is she's got the instincts to do it mm-hmm. because he said, racing is a lot like you have football coaches tell you in football. If you have to think about making a play in football, it's too late. hmm you did. have to do it on instinct to make that play. And Charlie said you have to have the instincts to avoid the collisions on the track because he said if you don't have that instinct, if you have to think about what you're going to do, he said you're going to be involved in the accident.
1: hmm Yeah. I mean, I don't have those instincts. That's why I don't drive. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and he said
0: he, he's already seen her get through some situations on the track that he said there's no way she could have done that without having the instinct to do it.
1: hmm it's pretty pretty fantastic. I mean, yeah. so 15 years old, man, out there driving on, the, on a racetrack. That's pretty pretty impressive. So I'm and, looking forward to reading more about her story. And later. she's
0: juggling not only racing, but she plays softball and volleyball at Goshen High School. She also plays travel volleyball.
1: Is that a lot? I feel like that's a lot. A lot. Well, her
0: mom told me when I talked to her. They said there were a couple times last year we had to take her to races or we had to take her to volleyball or softball tournaments. She'd play four or five, six games, whatever, mm-hmm. of that sport. Then we'd have to take her to the track to race on Saturday night. She'd get there too late for the qualifying, so she'd have to start at the back of the pack. <laughs> but she still went out there and raced.
1: That's fantastic. I mean, that, for the love of the game, right? Yes. I mean, that's pretty much what that is, so yeah. good for her. And uh, I know you've got another story kind of coming up and kind of – Parley's kind of back into our NCAA conversation. Right. Uh, Lindsay Richner, former Northwood golfer. Uh, she's going to be taking her fifth year upcoming at IPF. Right. It's, it's just a I, Purdue Fort Wayne. It's a Purdue Fort Wayne. I pulled out There's of There's no that school, I. It's PFW. Yeah. I'm, so used to saying, right. I'm so used to saying IPFW. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so She's she, coming back for
0: her fifth year.
1: Yeah. Because the NCAA granted that to spring athletes who had their seasons cut short, right. you can come back for a fifth season if you want. And she's, I think, the first one locally that I can know of that is coming back. She's for the a first one year. I
0: know of too. That's why, yeah. I, you know, contacted her right away and got mm-hmm. in touch with her and for the story. Mm-hmm. They actually found out they had been on their on their spring tour. Mm-hmm. She was just coming off a tour, in Jackson, uh, an event in Jacksonville, Florida, where she shot a school record 69 mm-hmm. in the second round. She finished a tie for th- third place in the tournament, but she shot that 69. 16 pars and two birdies pretty in good. a round. It's pretty good. Yeah, school record. Mm-hmm. And they're in line the next day at the airport waiting for their flight to Tennessee to play in their next tournament and the coach pulls her aside, pulls her out of line because she's the, she was the only senior on the team and tells her that the NCAA just canceled the season.
1: I couldn't even imagine what that felt like. Did yeah. she, what did she say? What was her reaction to that? Do you know what she said? Her
0: first, she said her first reaction was, my, my career can't end like this on this note. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm coming off my best round ever in competition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she said... I know I can do better. She said, I know I can do more and still have more to accomplish. And she said, it can't end this way.
1: Yeah, I I bet. I mean, you're feeling pretty good at that point. You shoot the best round in school history. Yeah. And and then it gets, you know, cut out from under you. So, uh, I you know, it's it will be interesting to monitor, like, who takes that fifth year or not and how does, it, how does it affect scholarships and things like that. And, like, you know, it's definitely like with sports like baseball where you have, like, a 25 – you know, man roster and let's say all of your seniors decide to come back. Well, now you got another incoming freshman right. that are going to replace those seniors. And it's how do you, how, you know, graduate transfers and transfers in general, how do you balance all that? So golf, it's probably a little easier, I would assume to maybe balance.
0: Yeah. Cause I really, I'm not sure they have lot roster limitations mm-hmm. in golf.
1: Right. And like, you know, most kids that are playing there, you know, if they're not, on, most of them probably don't have full scholarship anyway. So it's not a, you don't have to necessarily worry about, you could, divvy up scholarships I think and make it work but yeah I I find it interesting that she's going to come back and I think you know kind of how she mentioned like it can't end like that that's probably what's motivating her like to come back being like no I got more in the tank like there's no way there's no way I'm going to end it on that even though it's a great round to end on well I mean
0: she did tell me it's not her lowest round she ever shot because last year I think she said in qualifying she shot a 64. Wow yeah that's impressive impressive yes yeah
1: so it will be uh, – I'm hoping for the best for her. Obviously, she's going she's to come back to school and have to go through school before going into her season. But, yeah, it should be interesting, I think. so. And uh, there's one more thing I wanted to hit on before we head out here, I think. Uh, Goshen Little League started up again on Saturday. Uh, I was out there for the first couple games. Uh, the fields were pretty full. Every field was being used by the time I left at 11, 1130-ish. And, uh, you know uh, – Everyone was trying to keep their distance in the stands. Uh, a lot of people, obviously, they come together as like families or groups of people, so they want to hang out and talk to those people. But uh, I would say, all things considered, it was socially distanced enough. Um, no one was really wearing masks, so that was kind of interesting. And same thing at the New of Speedway when I was there two weeks ago. No one was really wearing masks, so I don't know... If that's going to be ever a requirement for these outdoor events or not, yeah. but it will be interesting, I guess, to monitor that. Uh, but you know, it felt good to see people out and kids smiling and having a good time, and you know, uh, see some familiar faces out there. And uh, you know, it was it was a good experience overall. And hopefully, you know, you know like the Goshen League president told me, Bob Smith, he was like, "Let's hope there's not a, ca- a spike in cases at the park." You know, so, yeah. You know, I—it's gonna be, like I said, interesting. is like the word I've said for like ever here, but it, it really will be interesting to like see how it goes and see if they can stay healthy and they want to play their season. It would—it would go through the first week of August. So, I—I uh, don't know, I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they can get through it healthy in one piece. But who yeah. knows? But so. like you said, you never know.
0: I mean, right. I, t- I ran into uh, former Goshen High School wrestling coach John Deccan a couple weeks ago. And I saw him and we were talking about the situation. He said, Greg, he said, I'm ready to return to normal. Mm-hmm. He said, the problem is I don't know what normal is anymore. Yeah. He said, I don't think it's going to be the same normal that we had six months ago.
1: It it probably won't be. I mean, it probably won't be. I mean, normal, you know, at least for the rest of this year, might be, okay, you can go to places, but you have to wear a mask. Required. Yeah. No matter where you go, required to wear a mask. It hasn't been required at a national level, for anything, really, you know, some places have it. Yeah, but, some cities have it. In right, fact, I and, think
0: I saw this morning on the news that Phoenix, Arizona, has mm-hmm. made it a requirement now. And,
1: and we've seen it in Lagrange County out here that they have required masks in certain places, and yeah. certain businesses can require them too. Uh, I've seen a couple in Goshen that require. Well, masks and church. And church. I, mean, I, have,
0: I have to wear a mask to church on Sunday mornings right. now.
1: So I would assume that maybe one thing to get everyone back. Like let's say you want to go to a Notre Dame football game. Wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. Like that's the rule. Like so we'll see. Like your friend said, the new normal, who knows what that is. Like who knows what it's gonna look like. Right. But it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna okay. be fun, that's for sure. So it,
0: it, well, I don't know. I I hope it's fun, but Yeah, we'll see. You'll never know.
1: <laughs> we'll see. All right, Greg, I'm good for the week. You got anything else you needed? No, I think that'll
0: wrap up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, folks. Tune in again next week.